Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. Merry Christmas, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Glad that you are all here at Thrive Church. Uh, my name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor here. We're just so glad that you are part of our service today. And, and uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, so, some of our people who come and they serve, our, our serve team, uh, Rodney Metz. I don't know, Rodney's probably in the back. He's the guy who brought up this podium. But uh, man, he just gives and gives uh, each and every week. Rodney, just wave in the back. Rodney Metz, uh, I just thank you for everything that you do. You are here bright and early on Sunday mornings, and I also heard that today is your birthday. So happy birthday, Rodney. Give it a shout out to him. So I, I want to encourage you. Uh, we have put more seating. We made more seating available, and we have room in the balcony, and we are encouraging you to, uh, to come and invite a guest for our Christmas Eve services at 5 and 6.30 this Thursday. And we're just going to celebrate uh, our, our, our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. So I just encourage you to come out for our special Christmas services. There's going to be special music and candlelight, and it's just going to be an awesome time. So just kind of, I know some of you, you're, you're figuring out your dinner plans. So you can come either before dinner or after dinner. But uh, we look forward to celebrating with you. So uh, I'm excited about continuing on with our sermon series called The Gift Exchange. And one of my favorite parts about Christmas, and you'd be a liar if you said it wasn't your favorite part, is the gift exchange. We gather around the Christmas tree, and I get a gift, and I give a gift to you, and it's just kind of fun. Now, the whole packaging and stuff. But you know one of my favorite things to do? How many of you have a part of your families or part of group gatherings? You do a white elephant gift exchange. Anybody do those? Those are fun. So well, when I was a youth pastor, I was at a church for about five and a half years. And, uh, and so the first year I got there, we had one gigantic youth gathering. And this is probably the most unique white elephant gift exchange I've ever seen before that somebody gave, gave away a stuffed rooster. I mean, it was legit. It was, I don't know who in the world would just go about it. Chad, maybe you know about that. Maybe you've done that before, stuffed a rooster before, but it was legit. And man, I wanted that, you know, because that's what you do at White Elephant Gift Exchange. You, you kind of wrestle back and forth and you can kind of like, hey, I want that. And you, you know, you steal it. Well, on my final year, because somebody just, people just kept bringing it back. You know, that's, that's the fun thing about it. You just keep bringing that, that special gift back. My final year, I got the rooster. I got the rooster. And so that I made sure that I remained mine. We had a, a youth building and uh, our, our youth auditorium. And so I had the rooster put up at the top corner of the building uh, in the auditorium. And so that rooster was always a reminder to everyone, it's mine. And, and so... Yeah, yeah. So those, those are always fun things, and then and then there's those people who bring that like really awesome gift for a white elephant gift exchange, the one that everybody wants. It's usually in the form of like a Starbucks card or something like that. That like, oh, I gotta have that. I just gotta have it. It's like the ultimate gift that everyone wants. Well, I want you to know this morning, Jesus 
is the ultimate gift that you could receive. It is the ultimate gift from Father God to us because he did this. He, he made the ultimate exchange. You see, we all know this. We have sin in our lives. And, and the price of our sin is death. And really, all of us, I don't know if you realize this, but all of us, because of the debt of our sin, all of us deserve the cross. That's a hard thing to receive. But God said, no, wait a second. I'm going I'm to change something out. I'm going to give you a gift. So in exchange for your life, I'm going to give, Jesus said, I'm going to give you mine. There can be no better gift than somebody who lays down their life for somebody else. He exchanged his life for yours so that you could have life more abundantly. So in this series, what we're doing, what we're talking about is like what this ultimate gift does for us. So a few weeks ago, we talked about that if we exchange to God, if we give him our worry, he will give us his peace. And then we had our youth director, Garrett Metz, who just knocked it out of the park the other week. Did he not? Did he not knock it out of the park? He did a great job. You know, Garrett was our our intern. We have moved him up a level. I think that was a good move on our part. But he talked about exchanging our hurts, and he would give us his healing. And today, if I I can go, I, I call this going to the deep end of the swimming pool a little bit. We're going to go there this morning. We're going to talk about exchanging your grief for his joy. So I want to invite the Holy Spirit to be here. Lord, we pray that your presence would be in this place today. I pray that your voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, would be the loudest voice in this room tonight. Today, speak to our hearts. Bring healing in Jesus' name. Amen. What is grief? Here's my definition of what grief is. It is an overwhelming emotion that comes from an overwhelming loss. Let me say that one more time. Grief is an overwhelming emotion that comes from an overwhelming loss. Some of you, you can kind of relate. And there's some of you who are here today and you can really relate. Because maybe you're here today and you are truly overwhelmed. Still, maybe that situation happened years ago, that loss happened years ago, or or it's even fresh, or it's new, and it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. By the way, I want to welcome all those who are watching our services online. We're glad that you're connecting with us here in the 715. Here's a couple examples of losses that maybe, maybe you can relate with. Of course, there's the obvious one, the loss of a loved one. Now, there was a study done years ago on stresses, that, the kind of stress that people will encounter, and they said the number one stress that a person can encounter is the loss of a loved one, a parent, a, a spouse, a child, and, and some of you are here, and I'm touching, I'm sorry, but it, that hurts. That is painful, and, and especially maybe during the holidays, you know, and for some people, the holidays are just joyous occasions, but for some people, they just kind of, they got to go off into another room and just, they let out a tear or so because they miss somebody. They're triggered by the lights and the sounds and the occasion. I know sometimes uh, I, 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 I lost my parents, uh, my dad about seven years ago, my mom five years ago. It was, it was a very sad situation. It's kind of one of those things where I started to grieve before they passed, uh, my dad, right as he retired, found out that he had Parkinson's disease. 
And then my mom, a few years later, found out she had dementia. And so living 500 miles away and just going to visiting them and seeing just them kind of fading. You know, my mom had her body but didn't have her mind. My dad had his mind but didn't have his body. And it was just, it was hard to see. And I remember many car rides back from after visiting with just weeping and just grieving and then when they passed away, just, just difficult. And even today, some five years later after my mom had passed away, uh, you know, I, I used to do this thing where if I saw something funny, I would think my, my mom would get a kick out of this. And so I'd give her a call and say, Mom, you're not going to believe this. And I'd tell her, and we would just laugh together. Even to this day, I'll see something funny and I'll think, i, I, I got to call my mom. She would get a kick out of this. And so grieving, you know, especially a loved one, it's hard. And, and sometimes it, it, just, it just stays there. Well, let, let me continue on. Maybe there's the loss of a relationship. And they say the second biggest stressor that somebody will encounter in life is a divorce. Maybe you, some of you have been there, done that. And I've talked with people who have been through a divorce, and they'll, just, they'll use the word, and I've heard it many times, people say, it's like a death. It's like a death happened. Or maybe... Maybe for some of you, maybe you're a small business owner, or maybe you've had an encounter with your work, the loss of a job, and you, you love your work, you love what you're doing, but you're called into the manager's office and say, hey, we're going to have to release you. You never saw it coming. We're going to have to let you go. And you're like, but, 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 man, that, that, you, there's a terrible grief. And I think there's a lot of people right now during this pandemic, a lot of small business owners who are just grieving the loss of finances right now that are happening in their business. And it's not so much the finances, it's just that they love what they do and they're trying to figure out how to keep it going. Some of you, the loss of health, you've had a, a, a healthy lifestyle, a healthy life for so many years, and then all of a sudden something started to change. Maybe some of you have gone through, through covid and it just keeps lingering and keeps going on and on and on. Well, maybe, and if I can go there a little bit, maybe there was a loss of a vision. Maybe you were a part of something and you were truly making an impact. Maybe like Thrive Church was a few years ago, really impacting the community. And it's like the, the momentum was rising and lives were truly being changed. And then something happened. And maybe there's still a lot of question marks about what happened, and it just threw everything for a loop, and, and then everything changed. And you walked away from that situation feeling disillusioned and just, just your heart is guarded. And that's, that's what happens. And maybe then, what has happened as a result of that, Maybe you've encountered a loss of a friendship as a result of something like that or something else. We lose friendships, people you've been friends with for years, and then because of a situation like this, you find yourself just walking right by each other, not even talking to each other and acknowledging it. Is anybody can relate to what I'm talking about this morning? Loss. Loss and grief. Loss and grief. And, and we need to understand this about grief. Understand this. This is not something that, that just people, well, they're just dealing with their grief. I think it's very real. Grief is very real, and it's very normal. Some of you needed to hear that. The pain, the, the pain that you're feeling as a result is very normal. It's a process. And for some people, it's ongoing. It doesn't go away. And for some of people, it's a journey that shapes your life. 
And, and that, that pain that you're going through, it, it really has the ability to change you for the bad or it has the ability to maybe change your life for the good. And, but, but we know this. Grief is never easy to navigate. It seems like we have all the answers for somebody else who's grieving, but when we're in the midst of grieving, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? There was a Swiss psychiatrist who did a study, and this, this psychiatrist used to work with people uh, who were at kind of in terminal uh, end-of-life stages, and they would notice something about that person who was terminally ill and then also the families who are going through that experience. And, and maybe you've heard of this, but they, they, they did a study on this and found that there's five different stages of grief. Let me just kind of go through them briefly. First of all, there is that, that situation of denial. When that first, that first loss, that, that the news of that loss happens, and you're like, the only thing that you can say is, oh my God, no way. No way. No, 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 no. I was a fire chaplain for the city of De Pere, and a lot of times they would call me into situations, of hard situations, a suicide or, or the loss of an infant, and they would ask me to just come and be with the family, and they would just, no, no, and they would just be hitting the walls, hitting each other. No, no, just denial. It's hard. And then, and then maybe it, it, it turns into this phase of anger. And, you know, as the reality begins to sit in, you, you have to begin to face the pain of your loss. And then one of the ways we often replace that pain is with anger. Maybe you know somebody in your workplace or in your family, or maybe this is even you, somebody who is hurting so much. And have you ever noticed how hurting people hurt other people? You ever noticed that before? And I, I just want to maybe relieve some of you. Maybe you work with somebody who's just constantly angry all the time, and you're thinking, what is it that I do? What am I doing all the time? And I would probably tell you nine times out of ten, it's, it's probably not you. It's them. But then, there's, then it goes into this next phase when they talk about bargaining. And again, I've, I've worked with firefighters who will go into a tragic situation and things did not go as they had wished or planned and maybe somebody's lost a life. And I'll sit there and counsel the firefighter and they, you'll hear them just go through, I should have done this. If only I had done that. And if only and I could have done this and we could have done this better. And it, you know, the woulda, shoulda, couldas. And maybe you have lost a loved one. And if only I had been there, if only I had said this, if only I had done this, the outcome would have been different, the, the, the bargaining stage. And then it moves into this place, I call it Stuckville, but it's maybe a depression. And then the sadness of the situation begins to set in, and you're discouraged and you're worried. You're like, why am I talking about this at Christmas time? Well, a lot of people are living in Stuckville. In the season of joy, they're in a season of pain. And then last of all, then there comes this phase of acceptance where you begin to accept the reality of the situation. Life is still difficult. The loss you have you've chosen, I'm not going to forget this loss, but it's time to go to a different stage. It's time to move forward. And I, I just want you to know this morning, Grief is tough. Grief is hard. And, and you need to figure that out. I believe it's very, a, a very spiritual thing. 
And, and, and I would just keep encouraging you to talk to the Lord about this. But I believe that there's a time where the Lord says it's time to move forward. Not, not, not everybody might not be there, but for some people, it's time to move forward. And somehow I'm comforted when I read God's Word and I see this story of Jesus with this man named Lazarus who, who had passed away, and he's among his friends. And it says in, in this in John 11, it says that when he came upon these friends that Jesus was deeply troubled. And then we read another verse or two down, the shortest verse in the Bible, but the most very powerful, Jesus wept. So I want you to know this morning, Jesus understands grief. He's been there. He's done that. He understands what you're going through. He understands where you are in the process. But here's the deal. If we are not careful, if we're not careful, over time, our grief can become all-consuming. Have you ever ever met somebody like that? It's almost like they have set their feet into wet concrete and allowed the concrete to dry around them. And I, I just can't get out of this place. I am just consumed in this land. And again, I, I, this is between you and the Lord, but maybe today it's time for you to move on. But we know that when we are stuck in this place, we know it has an ultimate effect on our lives. We know it, has, it will have an effect on your, your family. It will have an effect on your marriage. It will have an effect on your workplace. It can have an effect on your health. It can have the effect of, of, of your purpose in, in life. And we know it affects us. So again, I believe there's a time and we need to accept and receive the joy that Jesus has for us at Christmas time. Can you just imagine? I, I love the words of, uh, that are in the Christmas story. Can you imagine being the shepherds on that first Christmas night, just another day at work? The shepherds at the night, and they're looking up at the sky just another day, watching their sheep, whatever shepherds do. And all of a sudden, the sky lights up with angels. They're singing and they're rejoicing and they're proclaiming. And I love these words that were proclaimed by that angel. And it says, do not be afraid. Do not live in your pain. Don't, you don't have to live there. Don't be afraid. Don't, you don't have to live in stuck. I bring you good news that will cause Great joy for all the people. There is good news for your pain. There is joy through the good news of Jesus Christ for your pain. The good news of God's gift is that we don't have to live in our grief any longer. God wants to give us joy. Some people ask, what is the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness. Happiness is, is that, let me give you an example, is that, that moment where you're, you know, just kind of in that room and somebody comes in and they trip and they fall or they say something and it's just, it's just funny. It's comical the way that it happened. And then you just go back to your place of pain. But joy, joy is that overwhelming experience that even in the midst of pain and sorrow and heartache and grieving, there's a peace and there's a joy That passage of Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't grieve any longer. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. You see, God has given us all that we need to move up. Again, 
you, you, I, don't, I don't know where you are in your place, but if, if God is speaking to you about moving forward, moving up, I want to encourage you with this passage today. By the way, I, I have declared that for Thrive Church, we're going to have a word of the year. And the word of the year for 2021 is forward. It's time to move forward. Amen? It's time to move forward in 2021. In John chapter 5, story of this man for years crippled, paralyzed in his condition. And back in those days, it said that Jesus was walking into Jerusalem. There was this pool of water and that they built these shelters that all of these sick people, the blind, the lepers, the paralyzed, whatever their sickness was. And there was this belief that if when the, when the bubbles kind of pull up in that pool of water, that the first one in that could touch it, touch that water, they could be healed of their sickness and disease. While Jesus is walking through in this area, and, and he sees this paralytic man, again, who had been stuck in his paralysis and his sickness and his grieving. Can you imagine talking about lo- lo- losing your health? This man had been grieving for all those years. And Jesus walks up to him and says, Would you like to get well? And just quite possibly Jesus is asking you that same question today. Would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? Well, of course. <laughs> and, the, and the man responds. What, what does he say? He said, well, Jesus, I, yes, yes, but I'm paralyzed. I'm stuck in this position. I can't, I can't get up. And every time the water bu- bubbles up, nobody helps me. And, and, I, and I, I try to crawl, but I'm never fast enough. And then Jesus responds. He says, listen, that's what I want you to do. If you'd like to get well, I want you to stand up. I want you to pick up your mat, and I want you to walk. Now, right then and there, that man had a decision to make. He had a decision. He could stay stuck. He could stay in that place. Or he could follow the words of Jesus. And, 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 and he did. The man stands up. Hadn't stood for years. Maybe he has never stood. The man stands up, wobbly knees, and did like... A, and then he, Jesus tells him to pick up his mat, rolls it up, and he walks up. Can you imagine the joy? Jesus exchanged his pain for his joy. Can you imagine how that man felt? And I, I just wonder if Jesus is saying the same thing to us today. Are you, do you want to get well? Are you, are you tired and weary of being in that place that you're at? Then I, I encourage you, I challenge you today to stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Here, here's the deal. Had this man stayed in his pain, had he not followed these instructions, he would have missed out on his healing. He would have missed out on his purpose in life. He would have missed out on this, this incredible impact because this man must have went out and said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. That Jesus guy healed me, and he can heal you too. He would have missed out on his purpose. Last of all, he would have missed out on that joy, that joy that comes from healing.
You know, when I, when I read this story, I, 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 I saw this video, this short commercial uh, on, on social media, on Facebook this past week. Maybe some of you have seen this, but I'm like, ah, I love this story. Here's a man who, who came out of his grief and he discovered his joy. Just go ahead and watch this video now and we'll talk about it. Here is a man who probably, yeah, that's isn't that awesome. <laughs> Stuck in his pain. I don't know what the, it seemed like there was some kind of relational pain in his life. And one day he woke up and said, it's time for me to step up. It's time for me to move out of this place of pain and to do something. And he, he, he started to work on himself. And he started to grow stronger. And then he, and he was doing this all because he knew that there was a purpose for his life. Had he not stepped up, he would have missed out on one of the greatest joys in life, to lift up somebody else. And this man, like the paralyzed man, he would have went to his grave with regrets. Had he not, in the midst of his pain, had he not took the initiative to stand up, to take up, and to follow up. And I believe that this message this morning is for Thrive Church. Because I think for Thrive Church, I think it is time to stand up. And I think it's time for us to take up 
And I believe it's time for us to follow up. I believe that there's in these three steps here of rediscovering God's joy in the midst of our pain. First of all, I believe it's time to stand up. Everybody say stand up. In Matthew 11, Jesus talks to us, and we're going to hang out with this passage for a little bit. Jesus speaks to us about how to respond to grieving. And he, Jesus says, in the midst of your grief, I want you to come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So his, his challenge is for those who are grieving is to decide to step out of your pain and into his presence. Standing up is really about making a decision. I, I love the, the, the serenity prayer that goes this. Maybe some of you heard it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's making a decision. It's decision that I'm going to stop trying to fight my pain on my own, and I'm going to get help. I'm going to, first of all, go to Jesus, the healer of my soul. And because sometimes when we are hurting, and I don't know about you, but we, we back away. You know, they said, Barna did a study on this, and they said that 33% of all church-going people, that when they go through a major crisis in life, they will actually step away from the church. I don't know about you, sometimes I do that. But I would encourage you, instead of stepping away from the church and stepping away from God, I would challenge you to step forward and let the healer of your soul heal your broken heart. And the second thing that I would, I would challenge you to do is I believe that God heals, brings healing through his people. How many of you have a life giver in your life? A few weeks ago, I was going through kind of a challenging situation, and I needed, it was just, I needed to take a drive to Green Bay to speak to somebody who has been speaking into my life, been a life giver to me for years, and I needed this friend to just pour life into me. Man, did he do it. He did a number on me. We need that. You know, that's why, that's why, we, that's why we do life groups here at Thrive Church. And some of you discovered that. I know in our men's group, Scott, you did such a great job of leading men to go to each other. And as we go through each other, we grow through Christ. Christ works in us and through us, through men. We need each other. Maybe you're going through that season where it's time to step out. I would encourage you, go to Jesus, and I would encourage you, go to a group of people who are going to help you. We're going to open up our life groups again Starting January 10th, I encourage you, challenge you, church, get into a life group because we need each other. But it's a decision. It's a decision I'm going to be a victor. I'm no longer going to be a victim. It's a decision I'm going to grow better. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to forgive what was done to me. I'm going to celebrate the good from my past. I'm not going to dwell on the negative. I'm going to turn my hurt into God's glory, and I'm going to choose joy by living in God's presence. I love this passage here. We all know David. David wrote many of the Psalms, and we know David, he went through seasons of high and seasons of low, seasons of victory and seasons of grief. And he says this about grief. He says, he says you make known to me the path of life, of your lo- of life. He's talking to God. He says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Have you ever been around somebody who is contagious with joy? 
How many of you know somebody contagious with joy? And you could just be in the worst of moods and you get around them and you just start chuckling and something just fills your spirit. David is just saying, that's God. That in God's presence, there's joy. There's joy for your soul. So, so here again, church, I'm challenging us. Let's begin to, it's time to stand up. Second of all, I would say it's time to take up. It's time to take up. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Remember that old, that old guy in the video? What did he do? It was time for him to start taking up. And he knew that he was weak, and it was time for him to get strong again. And so he started picking up that weight. And each time he picked it up, day after day, he was getting a little bit more stronger, wasn't he? And that's how it is with God. Each and every day, each and every day when we get into his word and we lift it up in our lives, we grow stronger. We grow confident. We grow in his knowledge. Peter says this in 2 Peter 3.18. He says, rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what, you know what growing in God's grace is? That's growing in God's heart. And the only way we can get to know God's heart is to be in his presence. But then he also says to grow in the knowledge. That means having the wisdom of God, getting into God's word. And that's exactly what that man did each and every day. That's what we can do each and every day. Growing in God's grace. Growing in God's wisdom. I'm seeking him in the word. I'm talking to him each and every day. God, I need you. Growing each and every day. I believe that's what we need to do. You see, that old man, he had a growth plan. He had a, it first started with a vision that, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, time out here. I, my, my life wasn't made to just sit here, but either there's a purpose and a plan. Remember, he looked out that window. No, 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 there's something more for me out there. God's not finished with me yet. And so what did he do? He, got, he, had, he developed a workout plan, and he began, to he began to work out his body. And we need to get into a spiritual workout plan. We need to get back into God's Word. And we need to get in, back into connection with God each and every day. So this is what we're going to do. It's time, church, for us to stand up. It's time for us to take up Word and in prayer. And it's time for us to follow up. Jesus says here in Matthew eleven thirty, 30, he says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. Church, listen to me. God's not done with you. As long as you're alive, God is not done with you. God has a plan, and he has a purpose for your life. And when you begin to live out God's plan and purpose in your life, just like that old guy when he lived up that, his granddaughter, that tree, you will find so much joy and fulfillment in that when you begin to serve. And your, your purpose in life, your purpose in life is to join God in his mission. He is on a mission on this planet, this mission I call life change. And he wants you to join with him. He has purposely placed you in your neighborhood, in, in your workplace, in your community. He has specifically placed you here for a purpose. And I'm telling you, when you start getting involved 
and his mission, I'm telling you, joy will arise. He's given you your talents. He's given you your time. He's given you your treasure. And he says this, First Peter says this, each of you, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. The mission is not about you serving yourself. Joy comes when we start to serve others and we see the joy in other people's lives. So here's, here's remember last week? I, I thought Dan Winkleman did such a great job in communicating. And at the end, I didn't do this the first service, but at the second service I said, what if, what if we did this? What if we did this as a church? What if we said for the year 2021 that each person, each person in this church, what if we were to focus in on one person that we are going to start praying for that one person? We are going to start loving that one person. We are going to start serving that person, that person who is so far from God it's like not even possible. But we're going to focus on them. And we're going to pray for them. And we're going to get a vision for that person's life being changed in Jesus' name. What if that happened? In that one year, you just focus on one person. You know what that's called? That's called multiplication. It's not about filling the chairs of this church. It's about filling the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, that's where joy and fulfillment comes in. I encourage you, church, let's take that challenge. I call it the just one challenge. And here's what God does. You know what he, you know what he does the best? When, he, when you give him your hurt and your pain, and he says, okay, now this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to transform that pain so that you can help others. The same, the same presence and strength and joy I gave you, I'm going to work through you to help others. I love this passage here, 2 Corinthians 1.4. It says, He comforts us in our troubles. When we come to Him, He comforts us in our troubles so that we, so He can choose to work through you to comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And I love that. God wants to take your pain and turn it into purpose. Turn it into power. You ask me, how, how, how do I know so much about pain? Can, can I just share a little bit about some of the things that, that we've encountered? You're, you're still getting to know this new pastor of yours. And so as I shared earlier, I lost my parents here about five, uh, my dad about seven years ago and five years ago. And it's just it's still amazing. Those who have lost a loved one, it's still how fresh it still remains. Not forgotten about my parents. I've just moved into a different place of my grieving. Well, in the midst of, and maybe you've had this too, in the midst of parents passing, there arose a gigantic family feud. There were six kids, and one sibling decided that they're kind of going to go for it all, if you know what I'm talking about. And out of that situation, I'm not going to get into all the details, one sibling decided to sue, take the rest of the family to court. I don't, I don't need to say any more, but that was painful. And you're like, oh, oh, my goodness. Well, in the midst of that, 
in the midst of doing during that time, uh, we, I was pastoring a, a small storefront church, and we were just bursting at the seams, and God had given us this building, uh, and, and property is three times the size, and man, we were growing, uh, but we had to renovate this place, and I know zero about renovation, and that was hard. And then in the midst of that, we got two teenagers, and do I, I don't need to say any more about that, right? Okay, because that's hard. That's hard, and uh, everything was going on. Like, and I'll just be honest, I wasn't handling it well. I was, if I can be real with you, I was the pastor who came up here and had smiley face on the outside, and I had chaos going on on the inside. And I'll just be real with you, I became depressed. I was still in the midst of grieving, and I didn't know how to handle it, and I was so busy, I didn't have time to deal with it. Well, when you're stuck, like I said before, it has effect on you, it has an effect on your family, it had an effect on my marriage, and it was just affecting my leadership and a pastor of the church. I addressed this to my board, and the board went into a different direction, and we decided that, yeah, we should end this relationship after 12 and a half years. That was a hard, that was a hard call. It was hard to receive. And yeah, that was, that was kind of difficult. We, we stepped away from pastoring, and even the thought of pastoring again uh, made us, well, it, it, we just weren't interested, <laughs> to, to say the least. Because we needed to take some time, we needed to, we needed to make a decision to stand up again. And we took a season to do that. It took about a year and a half off of pastoring a church, and we just took some time, and we needed to make a decision that we aren't going to be victims, we're going to be victors. And we're going to just go to God and let God begin to heal our souls. And then during that time, we noticed that we were beginning to grow in grace. And we were beginning to grow in God's knowledge. And God was taking our bitterness and making us better. And we weren't victims. We were victors. Man, God began to do a work. We still weren't interested in pastoring a church still until about a year ago around this same time. And then it was just the craziest circumstance. I don't have time to tell about it, but it was just kind of funny how our relationship came together that we had a conversation with some people in your church about coming to be a pastor of your church. And believe me, I was reluctant and I had walls up because I wasn't sure it was time for me to follow up yet. God released us and said, it's time. It's time. It's time for us. We, we had begun to stand up and step out of our wounds that God began to take up and begin to work in our lives. And, and now here we are following up and there's joy there's no we're not living in that pain any longer as satan tries to bring us back every once in a while but following up we're no longer bitter we're better we're no longer victims we are victors <laughs> what the enemy meant for evil god is turning it around for his glory god is working through our pain 
and hopefully helping, being able to help others. And that's where I find my joy. And maybe God has a similar story for you. But you'll never discover that joy until you make a decision, it's time for me to stand up. I'm not, I'm not telling you to forget the past. I'm just saying don't let the past define you. It's time to stand up. Thrive Church, it's time to stand up. It's time for us to take up. Can we, can we just do that first of all? Can we just all right now? Can we stand up? Thrive Church, it's time to stand up. And now it's time for us to take up and I'm going to grow in God's grace. I'm going to grow in God's knowledge because God's got a plan for me. And when he reveals that, now I'm going to follow up. I, I'm going I'm I'm to be able to, to do what God has called me to do and created me to do in Jesus' name. So no doubt, maybe there's somebody who's here. And, and again, you're grieving. That's between you and God. But you're in that place where pastor, I think it's time to go to another level. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. It's time, to, it's time to go to another level. In Jesus' name, all around this room, you see people with their hands up, and you've been speaking to them about their pain. You understand our pain, but it's time to move forward. Lord, all around this room, I pray that you would give people the courage to stand up, I pray that, Lord, as they pursue you and taking up your word, prayer, each and every day you're growing in them. And, Lord, that you would show them the mission, the purpose for the pain. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for your healing. Maybe you're here today and you've never come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Today you can do that. You can do that. You can come in an alignment with him. All you need to do is just say, God, I need you. Let me put up the scripture verse for you right here. The scripture verse that says this. He says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you w- that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if that's you this morning, I just want you to pray along with me. Just say, God, I need you. I'm inviting your spirit to come into my life and to change me from the inside out. Forgive me of my sins. I'm choosing today to live for you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we just give God a shout out this morning for what he's doing? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Healing, healing. We serve a healing God, a healing God. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning. If you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, we have a gift for you. Because if you have just stood up and you want to receive Jesus, now it's time for you to take up. And I have a book that I want you to take up and I want you to begin to apply it in your life. I want you to learn about the grace of God and the knowledge of God. God's got great plans in store for you. Amen. Church, I want you to know this. It's more than a fancy name. You have been created by God to thrive. But that decision is Thank you so much for checking out the Thrive Church Podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.